Please stand by for a special podcast from Two Works For You. And welcome to another edition of Beyond the Forecast. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike Collier. I have a really cool guest today that uh, I'm going to introduce, introduce in just a second. Um, I will have to say we've had the, I think the tider, uh, title of David is owner, correct? Is that is CEO. 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 I want to get that correct. Of uh, Sherwood Construction. And uh, they're great friends of ours. And uh, I know they're so busy with so many projects, but I can't thank them enough. They're such a wonderful company. And, and to come in here and talk about all the projects that are going on. And so uh, they sent Nathan Bullard over here, who is with Sherwood Construction. Nathan, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come speak to little old me, the weather guy. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. You <laughs> caught us on a, on a pretty good day today. Uh, you're right. A little wet out there. So I got to ask, I mean, you know, being in weather, how much does weather impact your life? Uh, being in construction, it, I, watch, I watch weather as much as we watch safety. <laughs> that's that's I mean, really good to know. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> You know, let's take the for instance uh, the day we're recording right now. It's it's just cloudy and chilly. We had a few sprinkles, but yesterday uh, it was really wet. We had a lot of rain. We needed the rainfall. Uh, did that slow down anything yesterday? Does, in a typical construction type setting, when it's pouring, is everything just halted? Uh, you know, that's a that's a broad question because it depends on the project you're okay. on. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so uh, and it depends where you're working and how much rain it is and what aspect of it you're working gotcha. on. Gotcha. I guess if you're pouring cement, that's just not probably happening, right? Right. Yeah. Right. You, I, I was thinking that uh, I was talking to a friend who's a, a home builder who's been a guest on here as well, and I, I was thinking, you think something technology-wise we could come up with to, you know, I don't know, create uh, cement where we're not dealing with the, 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 the weather all the time, you know, always blaming the weather. It's raining. I can't get my project going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing, we got to stop you. Yes. Anyone that's listening, it's not cement. Oh, no. Cement is the powder that makes concrete. Concrete. Once you mix it, it's concrete. All right. They would, anyone that, that would be listening would be like, what is he talking about? Why, why didn't he stop him? <laughs> but, I mean, there's a lot of different admixtures, and it depends. I mean, if you're doing flat work like um, highway paving, you definitely can't do that. Uh, if it's not a heavy downpour and you're pouring a bridge pier yeah. or abutment or something that, that you can protect, you can still work. Sure. So, it's it's not all negative. I got you. Uh, and honestly, in a lot of places you work, it's not a terrible thing to get a shower to, to settle your dust. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Now, tell us, uh, you, you're the, again, your your title one more time. Uh, I'm a, for Sherwood Construction, I'm the project superintendent. And currently, what is the big project you're working on right now? Currently, I am, so I should say I'm a project superintendent. There's, okay. There's more than, than one of us. Gotcha. But, Currently, I'm the project superintendent for the U.S. Uh, 75 and I-44 interchange project. Gotcha. And how long has that been going on now? We started that project. Uh, the work start date was January 25th of 21. 21. So not not too terribly long ago. Um, and, and how much longer in, in your project do you have to ongo, uh, to keep going with this? When, when is the wrap-up date for your, your uh, specific project? So for phase one of the interchange project, uh, we'll be looking to put traffic back in the close to exact areas by probably middle to late summer. Gotcha. 
And when we get to that point, uh, what could we expect as drivers? What, what will we experience uh, different from where it was just a couple of years ago to, uh, to where we are going to be at this summer? So realistically, the, the interchange is, is, is going to be built in five different phases. Mm-hmm. The Department of Transportation more than likely will combine some of those phases. Uh, so this phase will it'll be very similar to how traffic was but with a lot more safety features and a lot bigger. Okay. So the, the Cause lane, it was kind of crazy there. Yeah. I mean, you, you come around that clover leaf. What is it? The clover. Yeah. yeah. The the people clover are laughing yeah, in your business. They're like, this guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> come on. I'm a weather guy. Um, but yeah, you'd come around and, and trying to get 75 South was like, yeah. Playing Frogger, you know, just trying to get over. Yeah. And that, that's what I mean by bigger. So we're doing a lot of the initial safety improvements. So okay. you'll have acceleration and deceleration lanes, a lot more merge distance, the most updated safety barriers and versions of all the safety equipment that's out there, the guardrail, the signing, the all of that will be improved. And as well as the highway will be built big enough to hold the capacity for the finished product, product okay. project. Excuse me. So meaning if it's going to be four, three or four lanes each direction in the end, while we may not stripe it for that now, that portion will be built to accommodate all those lanes. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, as far as I, a million things start going through my head as, as just a driver that I just curiously wonder, you know. Um, now, one of the things is uh, these – do the planner – I know it's hard to speak because you're not, you're not part of ODOT. You're not part of the planning. You, you just go out and, right. and, and change yeah. it. Um, well, then let me go this way. Then, you know – People want things now. I mean, they just want the – I mean, they want to be built overnight. I mean, that that's just not physically possible, is it? It'd be tough. Um, you know, not speaking as the owner, which the owner of that project would be the Department of Transportation, we have some major incentives to go as fast as we can. Sure. And I'm not – yeah, I am. I'm, I'm pretty high on our, on our company and our people. I, I don't – we're building it as – about as fast as it can be built. Gotcha. Uh, you know, a lot of people would say you could work 24 hours, but concrete has to cure. Sure. You know, your your great your dirt has to compact. I mean, those times have to work. So we're building it about as fast as you can, and we're we're facing some some pretty potential disincentives uh, with what we've got on that project. Now, if we were to finish early, we could have some big incentives. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but. Correct. People want instant gratification, and, and in construction, that's tough. If anyone's ever built a house, yeah. you know that's, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> well, and, and you know, uh, again, going back to the house, you know, there's a lot of supply issues. Uh, you know, uh, just a lot of stuff is not being shipped over. Have you encountered that at all in your in your business? The interesting thing about some uh, most of the government work we do, a lot of your essential things, your steel and Anything that would be steel, for example, mm-hmm. is all by America. Oh, wow. So it, it's okay. all domestic. Things that are really affecting our industry right now um, it is consumables like wood. You know, when you form something up, for instance, um, uh, mid-2020, mid you'd be paying maybe 43 bucks for a sheet of plywood. Uh, about six months ago, it got up to about $117 Wow, for a sheet of plywood. Right. And availability. Um, we've, we've gone as far as buying full train cars just so we have them. Uh, wow. and, and when you're working all over the country, 
it's it's tough. Sure. That, that affects you quite a bit. Yeah. How many projects does Sherwood have going at once? Is you know, is it a lot or is it? Uh... That's kind of a tough question. Uh, but Sherwood Construction, because you have different phases of, yeah. of projects. So, um, for example, right now in in the metropolitan area, mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't say this, but we've got uh, the Turner Turn the Turner Turnpike project. Okay, is us. The IDL project is us. Okay. Um, the uh, 44 and 75 project is us. Right. And we were one of the main subcontractors on the Gilcrease Expressway. Okay. Wow. So it's, it's a unique situation for us right now because everybody's in the Tulsa metropolitan area except for, you know, a select handful, maybe 10 crews that are on the outskirts or in Oklahoma City right now. And, and, you know, we had David Sherwood on at a previous podcast. I mean, this is a family locally owned business. You know, this isn't someone from a different part of the country coming in and trying to, uh, you know, uh, steal business. This is locally owned. This goes back straight to the people that live here. Yeah, it's, it really is. And it's, it's interesting, you know, uh, I would say that in my position, I would say that I talk to David probably sometimes once to five times a week. Wow. Uh, I mean, I would say he's on the job at least once a month. Sure. Uh, and, and what it is locally loan, owned, mm-hmm. uh, we're based right over by the old Corps of Engineer building off of, uh, 169 and 44. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see the big orange S I'm a, I'm a pretty big orange fan myself. Yes. That was uh, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, I was searching for a new job about 10 years ago and when I walked in, I ran into David. Okay. You know, I, I went, I had applied at other places. Did you know who he was at the time? I did. Yeah. Okay. I've been in the industry a little bit longer. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but I mean, it was just, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. And so while we are locally owned, we are all over the country. Sure. So it's, it's interesting. And then to follow up on your question, we have other companies locally as well. Mm-hmm. So D- David is a, he's a pretty dominant figure who was, Still pretty involved with us. Yeah, no, that that's incredible to have that uh, locally owned aspect to your company. So I want to switch gears real quick, and, and let's say uh, we we have high schoolers listening. What, what you know, a lot of people ask me how to get in meteorology, and you know, I have to say, hey, you, you know, with TV broadcasting or National Weather Service, you need to go to four years school, and. You know, but for some, that's not always. You know, college is is expensive, and it's not always the the best way. You know, for some trades, um, for some of you know, in, in construction, I know construction management requires degrees and stuff like that. But what, kind of give me an example of what a person in high school, what would they need to plan for? Um, is there is there what are their options, per se? You know, it's interesting that you put it like that. Um, so a, a quick overview on me. I did not go to college okay. for construction. I went for criminal justice, and, wow. and life took me another way, and okay. I decided that's not what I wanted, and I was, uh, see, I would have been in my second year of college, and I dropped out, and I went to work on a bridge crew. Oh, really? I started on the jackhammer. Gotcha. Um, moved forward seven or eight years. Um, the guy told me that it's, uh, you don't have to put any effort into showing up on time. <laughs> And that, that is the truth. And and you'd be surprised how much that helps you stand out. <laughs> but as I've moved through, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm like I said, I'm over that job. Mm-hmm. And I would say everyone else that's working with me, 
I mean, most everyone has went to college, and, and that's where they came from. But straight out of high school, what, what you can expect uh, is no glamour. Um, what, what a lot of people don't understand, what we're running into, a big, big hurdle right now, is, um, for instance, big box stores uh-huh. are paying the same entry-level wages that we've been paying. Um, what people don't realize is when you come to us, you're learning a trade. Right. Uh, I mean, you can expect to learn on the job, on the job training, and, and say you come in, even if you were to come in at 17 to $20 an hour, yep. um, you're only going to work 25, 30 hours mm-hmm. at a Target or a Lowe's. Yep. Or a, when you come to work for us, you're, you're probably going to work 50 hours. Sure. You know, but you're learning a trade. You're making pretty good money. Yeah. And you, you'll always have, always have something to fall back on. The rest of your life. Another thing that I don't, I think it's discounted is that there, there's such a generational gap in our industry. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to fill those shoes right now. Gotcha. So, you know, in, in 10 years, there's a good chance that that person's going to move up pretty rapidly. Right. I'm, I'm kind of the middle ground. I'm coming up on 40. Okay. There's just not a lot of people my age in our industry. That's amazing. Is it because people are expected to go to, you know, study four years and then go get an office job? Is that way kind of America's, you know, pushed everybody? We could everybody? speculate. Yeah, right. I mean, the, I was pushed. Okay. I, I never, it, it never really interested me. I loved working when I was younger. I, I worked a lot harder, unfortunately, yeah. than I do now physically. Uh, but I think I really, I really couldn't say. I think that the blue collar stuff has kind of been um, marginalized as, you know, that it's lower income and not as not as much glamour. And I, I think we go back to that instant gratification thing. Yes. And it's tough. And I get that. I, I totally do. Because when you're 18, 19, 20, however old you are in that generation of work, you don't want to work 50, 60. <laughs> you, you have other things on sure. your mind at sure. that age. and. If you do put in that work, I mean, you're, you're going to go somewhere quick. Right. I, I, I can relate to that. My brother uh, in Philadelphia, um, he's been in construction since uh, he was 18, and uh, he's made an incredible career for himself and uh, has a wonderful retirement coming up soon. I mean, he's older than I, but uh, in the next five or ten years, he was telling me, you know, he'll, he'll be set for for life so uh, and he's he's enjoyed it and he's got to build some incredible skyscrapers and you can you know you oh, can point out awesome. yeah he's like hey i built that or i mean yeah. like the airport I, I did this yeah. and i mean there's there's something to say to be able to show your work and and um i look up to him a lot because i can't you know my wife asked me to do something like uh we'll have to call someone you know <laughs> him yeah hey he's like i'll i'll you know i can fix yeah. that no worries that's that's amazing because there's there seems to be less and less of that these days with those with I those wonderful you traits. Know, part part of that too, um, it's interesting because you, you made a good point there that he's built things that you can see his tangible results. Yeah. There is not a highway in this metropolitan area I haven't worked on. <laughs> really? There's just not. Yeah. There's not, I mean, almost every section of I-44. I mean, uh, I haven't done a lot on 169. So, you know, I, I have a high potential to be one of those dads. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, son, this is what her daughter, you know, this is what I got. Yeah. Over. So one thing that I, we had a meeting and Kyle uh, was actually in that meeting uh, week before last. I was on vacation last week. Um, I pointed out 
so the guys that I have on the job I'm on now, man, they're they're top of the line. Yeah. Uh, some of them are younger. Some of them are a little bit older generation. But I pointed out how many in that room were an operator or a carpenter or whatever they were, and now they're the main supervisors. Wow. And it was all of us but five. And, of course, I was one of the five. Yeah. I didn't start with Sherwood. I, I hired in as a supervisor. Um, and then I, I made a point to say, okay, we're going 100 miles an hour. You guys need to take a step back and look at what you've done. Sure. You know, they, they've been there. I think we're just a little bit over 400 days right now. And, and look at what you guys have done. Because we forget to do that. We, you're so go, 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 get it done. And you forget to step back and look. Right. And, for instance, I asked. We had a big job down by South, so I came off of. Uh, it was about three miles of paving. We had 11 bridges. Really pretty job. I said, how many of you guys have been back there? None of them. Really? So me and, like, three other people that built that job yeah. have been back to see a finished product. Wow. And I think you get a lot of pride. And and then, of course, we tend to win some awards with it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that helps, too. Right. But I think that gets overlooked is the amount of pride you feel mm-hmm. and the amount of pride you feel for the guys who did the work. Sure. You know, I don't pour concrete anymore. I don't drive yeah. piling. I don't, I don't do any of that anymore. Yeah. And I think those guys get so enveloped in their work. Mm-hmm. That not only do they forget, they forget to tell their crew members. Right. Hey, look at this. We did this. It, it's always remarkable to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, the technology that's you know come along so far these days, and what you're all building. I mean, I'm you know driving to 75 off I-44. I'm, it looks so futuristic over there, you know, because Tulsa really. Uh, you know, I, when I think of Dallas, you know, there's all the, what do we call the, the ones that go flyovers, flyovers, you know, there's a lot going on down to Dallas, a lot of flyovers. We don't have that really. Right. I mean, I guess IDL would be a little bit, but it's not, I mean, you've got a couple of interchanges, uh, but nothing that's really significant. Sure. I think, uh, where highway 11 starts to go into the Gilcrease, you've got a couple of flyovers, um, and then there's a couple spread out, but nothing that's, that's got the amount of work and concrete alone sure like that area does right and and that's that's a feat and all you know that's a heavily trafficked area well, probably one of the most in tulsa right because i, I, I can't I-44. say that for sure i've heard the owner say that before the traffic count before we started when you get a set of plans you I always look at the traffic count and just mm-hmm. kind of have an idea what we're dealing with it's got the average daily traffic for the design year and then it's got the average daily traffic for 10 years, 20 years, wh- whatever is on the plans. The Each direction of I-44 at the time of design was 88,000 cars a day. Okay. So that's 88,000 inbound, 88,000 outbound. Okay. And then Highway 75 was really similar. Yeah. Uh, and then I believe the ramps, the highest count on one was about 18,000. And then the lowest count on one, I believe, was, um, see, that would be east to north. Okay. Because most of those people take the bypass onto 244. Sure. And I believe that was 12,000. Okay. Which is interesting because you take other jobs. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to see them a lot anymore, but you may have a traffic count of 600 a day. Right. You know, and that uh, it, it really changes your perspective <laughs> on the work. Sure. You know, so maybe when... Yeah, could you give me an example of what was 600 would be where in Tulsa maybe? Just, I, know I, I don't know if spot. I can give you a 600 in Tulsa. Okay. Okay. Uh, for instance, we did uh, another superintendent had uh, four or five crews up on Pond Creek and the Caney River on 99. Okay. 
just south of Sedan, Kansas. Uh-huh. I was talking to him one day, and it was about 2 o'clock. And he said, oh, there goes another one. And I said, another what? He said, well, it's a tractor. <laughs> he said, we've had two cars and three tractors today. You know, and that, that so when you get into the industry, I think a lot of people, well, for instance, coming out of high school, you think, man, look at all this going on over here. Yeah. And you forget there's all this other stuff still has to be built. You're still building roads out in northeast Oklahoma, central Oklahoma, western Oklahoma. All of that still has to be built. So you're, you're not going to jump right into an I-44 and 75 necessarily. Right. You're, you're going to go do other cool stuff too. Sure. You know, I, I probably shouldn't say too much about it, but I bet there was a lot of fishing that went on. You know, everybody's staying in motels up there. So uh, when you're up near Sedan, Kansas, and absolutely no cell phone signal, you know what I mean? And you're on the Caney River, and I guarantee you about 530 there was some fishing going on. Sure, I bet so. I bet so. Um, So, you know, it's funny. I I keep thinking about because I I worked over in that area. So I took that the route that you're working on. That's why I found it so interesting. I 16 years I traveled up and down that area. So um, it's cool to see the changes because as a, as a consumer or whatever, as just a public citizen driving that, I always like, wow, when are they going to fix this, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's good to see it, it finally coming true because I can't remember how many backups and that, you know, interchange would just create. It was, it was insane. Um, so that's good to know that phase one is coming up at the end of this, this summer. And um, do you already have your eyes set on the next one, or is that just is you just you're just focused on now? So ideally, the the way our our teams kind of work, we have an estimating team who really follows the upcoming work, and and we of course like any good company, we have a good backlog. Um, I believe it would be safe to say that right now we don't know for sure when the next package is coming. Okay, uh, but I would I believe it'd be safe to say that we're posturing for it. <laughs> sure. Right. I mean, we want it. Yeah. We. we we want to build all the fun stuff. Yeah, right. I, I definitely do. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't blame you. I would want to do the same. Now, it, the Gilcrease, you, you're working on that, and I know that's not your project, so I get that. Um, it, but just as a you know, someone that is in the know, is that that's a pretty big commitment too, right? That that is that was a great project. Uh, we had a great superintendent out there, and he he had a great team around him. Uh, we we didn't actually get the prime contractor bid on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an out-of-state contractor that picked that one up. Boo. Well, yes, absolutely. But uh, they, I can say that. they almost immediately came to us and said, hey, would you guys be interested in all this and that? And then one of our competitors uh, is actually doing all the paving out there. Okay. So as far as scale of that project, I mean, that's major. Yeah. I've been hearing about that my whole life. Right. You know, I've got people that I work with that are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. And when they first started talking about letting that project, this is, well, they've been saying that since the 80s. Sure. Yeah. You know, that, that's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden we're out there. Yeah. Uh, but the, the scope of that project is unreal. The, all of our competitors and, like I said, some out-of-state people have really come together on that project, and they've built a fantastic project out there. That's an interesting dynamic because, I mean, you all are competing, but ultimately you have the same goal in mind. It's to finish the project, right? right? Yeah. So yeah. is there a lot of uh, coalescing or inter, you know, interchanging with, you know, when you are in competition, but you all still have to achieve that same goal? So do you, do you have to work with the competition a lot? Is that common in your business? 
It it's really common. Oh, okay. Uh, one one thing about us is we self perform almost everything. Gotcha. Uh, Sherwood Construction self performs about eighty percent of our work. So we don't work with competitors quite as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the industry's small. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of contractors, but I, we have great relationships. And I, and I would hope they would say the same thing. Sure. Yeah. Because you never know. Right. You know, you never know where we're going to go. And and the the people at my level. It's interesting. You go somewhere, and, and everybody knows everybody. Oh, really? You know, so I'll, I'll meet someone, and they'll say, hey, you're Nathan, right? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. Who are you? Because <laughs> you know, it's awkward. Yeah. Uh, when, when you go somewhere, you're at a conference or in a meeting or something, and, and they know you. And then there's people that you know. And then the next thing you know, they're going to come in and help you finish your project. That's awesome. So it's – I always say the industry's small. What, what I tell the, the younger guys that – First start, the ones that are out of college, you know, relationships are everything Mm -hmm. because you will work together again. So you having obviously a very close perspective to construction, just as an average Joe that says, oh my gosh, I feel like everything's always under construction. As a public citizen who says that, what would be your thoughts on that? Well, first, it, you feel that person out. I think I told you before, a lot of times, I, I'm in construction, my wife's in construction, my my daughters are going to school yeah. to be in construction. Um, you know, as an average Joe who's just curious, yeah. you would say, yeah, right now they are. Yeah. You know, but our, is that even true? Is it because, you know, I mean, if there's a recency bias that a lot of people have, you know, because they just went through construction, like, oh, you know, they just get frustrated. Everything's under construction. But, I mean, reality, is there a lot of construction going on? Because from my perspective, you know, in my, where I travel, you know, uh, the main highways are all pretty open and clear right now, you know? I, I believe Oklahoma does, if you've traveled outside, Oklahoma does a pretty good job of making sure those lanes stay open. Mm-hmm. One thing a lot of people don't realize is you're restricted and it costs you money right, to close a lane. And, and you don't want to spend that money. Right. But one thing I always say, you know, is, yeah, you're right. You you travel, you know, frequently traveled areas, and it hasn't been rebuilt since 65 or 73 or mm-hmm. in some cases 54. So the area that you travel in is growing. Right. And, and it's got to fit people. Sure. No, it's that catch-22. And, I'm, again, I'm just speaking as an average guy that's just driving. You know what I mean? I'm trying to relate with someone that would say, yeah. you know, hey, it's, there's so much construction and then I just sit there and think, and I'm like, well, you know, I went down 169, and for the most part, it was pretty clear. Uh, I-44, you know, has been yeah. widened. Uh, where I see more of the, the problems is where the bigger growth is, you know, in South right. Tulsa, right. with Yale being shut down here next week. Um, but, you know, that, uh, that's that been needed for how many years? Yeah. How many as long accidents? as I've been alive. It's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, I mean, with growth, and, and it comes more construction. Obviously, yeah. it's, it's inevitable. It, it is a growing pain. Um, where, you know, I, I see things, uh, I, I've, and this is like, again, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about, so maybe I shouldn't even be talking about it. But I feel like Broken Arrow does sometimes a really good job of, like, foresight and planning these um, expanded roads uh, like six lanes and traffic isn't there yet. And I'm yeah. thinking financially though, it would have to be feasible to do that ahead of time. Right. You know, I can't really speak to the municipal development. Sure. Right. But, um, you know, broken arrows going. So I live up in Owasso. Okay. And, um, some of the, uh, 
some of the areas out there are growing extremely rapidly and they don't have the infrastructure to support it. Um, and they just don't because of the rapid growth. Right. I think Broken Arrow has done a good job from my perspective, mm-hmm. nothing professional. I know. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Just uh, average, put your average. Yeah, th- I think they've done a really good job of grouping investors gotcha. and got the right people in the right places to help support those, those upcoming projects. Understood. In my opinion. Yeah. In your opinion. <laughs> I know this is just these Opinions do not reflect Sherwood Construction. <laughs> I have to do the same. You know, this, yeah. these, uh, these opinion. This is you know opinion based podcast. So uh, yeah. you know uh, these some of these do not reflect uh, two news as well. It's uh, <laughs> just it's more of just talking, and that's what you know a great form of doing this. You can just talk and and just uh, hang out and learn more about uh, you know our world that we live in, and uh, that's why it's just I, I've kept you on here long enough. I I could go on two more hours just picking your brain about things because you know i don't know a whole lot in that area and it's very fascinating to me i want to give you huge props because it's like again the the project you're working on i think it's it's incredible where it's going um and i know it's been uh a nuisance to some trying to you know travel through that on a daily basis but in my eyes i mean that that thing's flown by what you all been able to do so quickly? Yeah, I work for a great company um, from from the bottom to the top. We have a great team, um, and that makes a huge, huge difference. And and our team is is built on relationships with the owner, mm-hmm. built on relationships with the businesses. I mean, ev- everyone that's around us is affected. I always say we want people to like us when we leave. Right. Um, probably because we're going to be back at some point. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when you work with great people. And, and you have a great plan. I, I hope that everyone that sees it understands how much work those guys are putting in. Right. And how fast it really is going. Um, a quick example on that. I believe the project time on that job was uh, it was either 700 or 770. I haven't looked at it in a while. I don't really look at that number. Yeah. Um, but we came in and said uh, we can do it in just under 550. Wow. And, and that is, uh, that's roughly $90 million worth of work. In 550 days, and you have to have a great team and good people yeah. around you to make that happen. And that goes from our, my team to vendors to, to people around you. I mean, it's it's just a it's a fun project, mm-hmm. and it's it's a fun place to work. I, and I can't give you props enough. In one time in my life, did I ever encounter a construction project that just went haywire? And I'm not going to mention on air on this at all. Even it is, I don't want to go there. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the city council of, of a certain town had horrible uh, issues, and it was just – it was amazing how bad it was. Like, it was it was horrific. And this was just a four-way stop sign. So <laughs> <laughs> this isn't major highways going through a major town. So uh, – and it was – it took longer than what you were able to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. There. We did a big job not too long ago. It was an inter- interchange here in town, and uh, – I was watching another company, and we did, uh, I think that job was $32 million. And wow. we did that in the time that they added on a building <laughs> with an elevator. That's amazing. I mean, it just, you, you watch how people do, and, but it's perspective, yeah. and it's relative. You sure. Know? Absolutely. Well, Nathan, thank you so much. Uh, you've been great to speak, uh, talk to, and uh, I welcome you back anytime. 
Uh, and maybe next time you can go out storm chasing with me. We'll give you a perspective of how yeah, my right. world works. <laughs> Nathan, thank you so much from Sherwood Construction. What a wonderful company, locally owned company. And uh, if you know someone or you want a job, go apply there. That's what I'm going to say uh, as far as Sherwood companies. Click on employment. We need people. It's exactly. Um, if this weather thing doesn't work out for me, I'll be hitting the apply button as well. <laughs> thank you again, Nathan.